Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Justine Brubelard, Serena Dixon, and Allison Weaver. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. On this week's episode, we will be critiquing The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Episode 3. As our show will feature a lot of critiques, we also want to ensure that we provide possible solutions or suggestions for how different improvements could have been made and praise things that went well. We aim to be balanced and thorough. Check out our Patreon for exclusive subscriber benefits and merch if you like what you hear. Our link is available in our show notes. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our discussion. Let's begin with edit and camera for this particular episode. Obviously, it was directed by Wayne Yip. So who would like to just start this? I have a couple of things. It does help that I I watched the episode last night. So it's actually perfect. Mostly fresh. There were some parts that editing wise, it felt like there was scenes that were missing. Mm-hmm. And that was it was jarring to me. Yeah, so describe that, because I think that's important. I'm speaking specifically of the Numenor scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that I'm thinking of has to do with the Queen uh, Regent. Muriel? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she was talking to Gladriel, or there was something. She was talking to somebody, and it just I just remember it cutting to that conversation. I was like, wait, something's, it just. The very end. Yeah, it just something was missing, like explanation was missing as to what they were discussing. I mean, just in a general sense, when I've been watching the show, there's just Mm -hmm. it just it doesn't explain enough. I actually appreciated that part. Okay, talk about it. And that could be because I was picking up on the random things because I felt like there wasn't a lot to pick up on. So I'm pretty sure in that scene, it's she's talking to the last king, who the captain, Ellen Dill, mm-hmm. references. Yeah. But yeah, so she goes up in the tower where he's kept. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. And and I'm guessing there's some like prophecy they had or something. That's why I'm uh, my guess is that's the reason they stopped letting elves in because they got this prophecy. Yeah, there's a prophecy. Like, yep. When when the elf comes, you know, and they're like, we don't want any of the elves to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's kind of alluding to that. Like, there's more going on. There's this prophecy in the background, and also she's not like as anti the last king as everybody like else seems to be who like mm-hmm. ousted mm-hmm. him um because the last king is also faithful to the balinor group mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was he didn't have as much power because the place was getting so corrupted if you guys remember from mm-hmm. the book yeah and i'm guessing so from the trailer we saw that one scene where she was meeting with gladriel in like this dark area around like fortune tellers sort of crystal ball you know mm-hmm. and so i'm guessing like at oh some you mean point she's gonna here? Mm-hmm. but i'm guessing at some point she's gonna have like more of a down-to-earth conversation with her and less of a i'm i'm on stage in front of all my subjects who are very anti-elf right. and 
blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I read into that. Mm. It feels like they're leaving a little too much on the cutting floor. Mm. So talk like, about that. I, like moments are missing that would better explain what's going on, why something is important. I don't like the fact that they're over-assuming how much people already know about the story. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I've we've read the book, I'm I'm still watching it going, I wish they would explain that and like show that or, you know, dive into the backstory a little bit. The whole thing with the sealed door and the cadets and well, okay, so what's the significance? Like I need more significance. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about a sealed door other than he cut the ring on Sauron's hand, took the ring, and it ultimately led to his demise, as well as dooming Gondor, basically. Whoa, um, spoiler alert. No, I'm just kidding. If no, you haven't spoiler. seen Lord of the Rings at this point, you shouldn't be listening to this I podcast. Know, I know. Don't listen to this podcast <laughs> if you don't want spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I I did a I did really like getting to to meet Elendil and and get to learn more about the guy that eventually founds Gondor. Mm-hmm. Um and that was interesting, but from an editing perspective, it just it feels like there's important information missing for the viewer to fully grasp what is the importance of what's happening. Yeah, and not only that, like I have I have zero buy-in to their story right now. Like like I know I should because I know who they are, but I'm like the only the only story I'm interested you. in right now is is Nori and was it Mayar? Is is it with an Peter arm? Man's guy? It... My arm man, the stranger. Yeah. I'm I still want to know if it's Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be good to find out. <laughs> I'm like, is it Gandalf? Is it is it Gandalf? We know he's a Maiar. Spoiler, he's a Maiar. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, I really want to know who this dude is. <laughs> it's obviously it's gotta be one of the wizards. They're all Maiar, including the two blue ones that we've never met on screen. Not in a live action. We've never met them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel very similarly in some ways. I think for me, the editing pacing also is still like exhausting sometimes. It feels anyway that they're trying to make things very gamey. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for Durin and Disa personally. And I'm here for Bronwyn because she is a good actress in real life. I don't mm-hmm. know how she will be taken later, how she will develop her character and what kind of freedom they'll give her as an actress. But she's a very good actress in real life. And I say real life because outside of this, <laughs> which my jury is way out on it. Mm-hmm. Then I'm also here for the Harfoots. I think the Harfoots are doing great. And mm-hmm. like, even though I don't exactly understand how they're fitting into the bigger story yet, except for Meteor Man. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> meteor man <laughs> that's what we call him and then i also appreciate ron deer's acting as such by his like mm. him, him acting he also really includes a lot of great martial arts because he's a martial artist i appreciate him as an actor mm-hmm. but i think visually okay so like we're following the gladriel storyline and i'm also gonna watch the whole saga of this mm-hmm. thing just yeah, but I mean, if it, if they do if they do future seasons, I'm going to watch for Celeborn mm-hmm. and Kyrdan only. Because if I can be convinced by them, then it will be wa- worth watching the rest of the series. If if they don't convince me as characters, I'm going to stop watching it. 
because mm-hmm. I want to see them. That's like, I've always wanted to see Celeborn portrayed in a really good story arc. So hopefully somebody can do it. I hope that girl who did Game of Thrones writes that one. Anyway, I feel very disconnected between the storylines visually. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not talking about the story itself yet. Like we'll get there. But visually, I'm, I'm really still disconnected. I feel like, yes, of course, we have to show the convergence of these storylines and like, you know, have your little story trail arcs and that. I like, okay. But visually, at least connect me to your previous episodes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to know how much time passed, for example. Or, yeah. well, how did they get there? Or why did they go there? Like, why not going to somewhere else? Like, wow. The why mm-hmm. is very confusing visually to me a little bit. Yeah. Now, I have just comparing the different ones, but I think obviously episode two is cut better. And it's our first time we're seeing Wayne Yip's edits directing. It's like it's, it's what, three or four different stories and it, it mm-hmm. just keeps jumping around and it's like, what's the significance mm-hmm. of these that's four different well. groups? We don't know. We, it, there's no sense of connection really i mean arondir the obvious one is he's an elf you know he's now has first-hand experience with orcs mm-hmm. and he knows that they've been looking for them but mm-hmm. the, as far mm-hmm. as the the humans as far as harfoots and elrond and the dwarves i mean honestly as far as elrond and the dwarves that at least seems coherent I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we know yeah. why he's going to the dwarves. We know what his point, his purpose is. We know that what he's trying to do. Sense. But as far as like the overarching connection, I was just thinking that I really appreciated, and I know not every piece does this, but like this is the Lord of the Rings show. Mm-hmm. And so naturally I'm going to compare it to the original trilogy mm-hmm. because that's what we, we know the best. I, I really enjoyed how, in, a, in, in general, that story starts with just a small group. It starts with Frodo and Sam and Bilbo, and then you meet Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And then a little later, you meet, you know, Merry and Pippin get pulled in. But you don't meet the rest. I mean, you, you're going to end up meeting Aragorn because he just happened. They, they run into him on their journey, and he just kind of, like, everything... It's like everything just kind of gets enveloped as they go on. And then once they're in Rivendell, then you get to meet the whole fellowship. And then they split off. And then they go on their different stories. Mm -hmm. So you get to spend time with these characters, get to to understand why they're together, what their purpose is, how they fit into the bigger story. And then you get to spend time with them separately. Whereas this is doing it the opposite, and it's really disjointing, yeah. disjointing, jarring. We don't know how they're connected except for the elves. And right now, I don't have much reason to care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the show's not giving me a reason to care about these storylines, with the exception of the Harfoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Harfoots yeah. are the most relatable. And I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like, I feel like, and if it wasn't an active choice that they made, then, well, we're worse It just off feels sloppy. But <laughs> it, it does. It feels sloppy, but 
I hope that they actively made that choice. Okay, so because the Lord of the Rings does it that way, let's kind of do it the opposite. Let's mm-hmm. take all the ties in the beginning and weave them back together because we are starting at the beginning of the story when when everybody was disjointed and Sauron did his and his avatars did his utmost to like make sure everybody was like cut off from one another mm-hmm. in their own worlds. Mm-hmm. So like I'm hoping they were like, okay, let's play with that. Let's like, but I, I I agree it feels disjointed and jarring and like we're not pulled in because I'm I'm I don't have a connection well, to these groups. Yeah. We don't have a connection, I mean, and also we've we've all kind of said we it it could it could yeah it it could be done better. Um, or different or just making us care yeah and game of thrones also did the very disconnected thing Mm -hmm. to start off with but they at least took the time to explain the world Mm -hmm. and why everybody was disconnected from each other because everybody had these different ideas of the right thing or who's in control or whatever and and it made sense whereas this is just like we only know that because we read there's the these four groups <laughs> just there you go it's like four completely different stories that don't that barely feel like they even go together yeah not yet i agree it's like you're trying to fit together puzzle pieces that don't work Mm-hmm. that's the best way i'll put it simplest yeah and i'm hoping it's because we've got four corner pieces and we're working our way to the center you know <laughs> yeah we yeah. always do um, the outside first <laughs> yeah and i will say yeah i was a lot more hopeful with the second episode coming into mm-hmm. this um but yeah. there are a few things that i really liked um i really loved yes. about the first maybe 30 to 60 seconds of the episode (laughs) 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 where it was like um where Arandir is like waking up and he's in like the orc tunnels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's like the kind of tunnel reveal and the editing I liked how that was like kind of he was fading in and out there and with the Mm -hmm. camera work and um the sound of like it was a little like whooshy uh-huh. and the conversation which i ended up having to watch with subtitles was very important it was very low right you have to make it watch it with subtitles sometimes yeah. or yeah. a five-point system <laughs> but like and i i partially have a problem with that so this is really important it should be loud i'm like but bro wouldn't have heard it that loud because he's like half unconscious right now right exactly so like it's this like begrudging i really respect you for doing it that way mm-hmm. <laughs> um let's see let me see there was a thing that i appreciated but let's move on to the next category uh we're mm-hmm. in sound now so that yep. was one sound element that i also noticed i think the designer did make an okay design choice with that because I can see where she was going with it. I can see, oh yeah, I get where you're trying to, mm-hmm. what you're trying to say to the audience in this, mm. in this audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the orc, that orc camp thing, like that was, you know, the, the sounds 
they tried to actually emphasize some kinds of sounds, which I thought worked for me. But then as soon as we get to the seaside or the fake seaside, we all my ambient sounds just running away again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, where are my seagulls at? Where's my port sounds? Well, yeah, like, I mean, no. you can kind of hear stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I was listening really carefully. I can hear ambient sounds. Not that they didn't put it in, but bring the levels up mm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing soundtracks separate to sound? That's or together. is that included? We can put it together. Okay. Because- the soundtrack is still irrelevant <laughs> to yeah. the show. Wow. <laughs> I will like, say they use it so sparsely and it's so quiet that it's like, why do you even have a soundtrack? I think I wanted to emphasize more things personally. Mm-hmm. The only time I noticed it, it was like really just generic sounding. It wasn't anything special. And it was just like, oh, there's the soundtrack. I haven't even heard it up until now. And I think it was in Numenor at some point. But like you would think with putting lord of the rings on the name of your show you're gonna make it sound like lord of the rings to some degree also what did you guys think of i forgot to mention this the close-ups like the crazy close-up weird oh my goodness like glad you're on the horse no i have that written down i hated that i hated i hated it to the depths of my soul and i love the shot it's gorgeous beautiful i know i'm a big shot, fan of like slow motion and like lots of material and flowy things like if you've seen my art you know mm-hmm, i really love mm-hmm. the flowy flowy things and like the shadows and playing with that so i loved how it looked but i hated it for her i hated it for the show i was just like i don't understand what's happening this is really dumb and we kept it because I mean, I love horses, okay? Anytime we can have horses, that's great. But then, did you notice the angle, though, on on her sometimes? That was real weird. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes with your, like, it goes with your point of, like, the pacing of things. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, there are certain things, there are certain times when it's appropriate, like, fighting scenes and stuff when things are going really quickly and, like, slowing something down would emphasize a point and, like, draw out the action this Mm. is weird like I just found it very creepy and weird and it threw me out of the scene and I and the the show in general when I saw that part was there Mm -hmm. any significance the horse riding scene (laughs) like what no they were going to his they were going to his homeland where they have that library where they found the scroll Mm -hmm. like yeah and so, like, I got that, but oh, mm-hmm. it didn't connect with my brain. I needed that. to be like, I wasn't sure what they were riding to, and then they just arrived there. Like, yeah, I it was mean, like, oh yeah, we're, we're riding horses, somewhere. and then we're we're somewhere new. And I'm like, wait, where are we? It's a very weird transition. Writing and explaining the basic who, what, where, when, why questions. Mm, that's challenging, <laughs> but I did like how. Mr. Hal Halbrand's having his nice muscles. I mean, I wanted some of those. Feed me. That was a nice visual. Anyway, so that's a whole nother comment for me. Um, I love seafood. Um, <laughs> well, I was just like, when they when they brought the whole, uh, you know, my land has no king, and oh, it's because you are the king, and I'm like, all right, Aragorn wannabe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. I'm like, come on, really. We've already done this. Can we not rehash the same thing? 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm I mean, in like, self-exile. I'm not the king that you seek or whatever. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. That's fine. I'm in but... self-exile. My land has <laughs> Moving no right king. along. I'll, I'll stop talking about it because I'm not No, no I meant the show. Moving forward. right along. <laughs> We're not drawn in. Now, no, for, for lighting, how did we feel about their lighting in um, compared to I, the Epcot <laughs> lighting earlier? I, I loved the the shot with the queen regent with all the torches behind her. Yes. And there was absolutely no light hitting her from the torches. That was funny. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> where's the where's the background light from the torches? <laughs> they should be hitting the back of your head. It's not there. <laughs> That's obvious. Like, apparently there was a bonfire in front of her and then she got a direct <laughs> Yeah, there was this light in front of her and nothing coming (laughs) from behind, even though there was obvious light sources directly behind her. Mm, I still have trouble with their position of light. I mean, some of the natural lighting things like was fine. I didn't really have any problem with like, you know, when they're coming towards the port, the outside light, you know, between the transition between inside and outside light. That's nice. But the inside lighting, I mean... There's sometimes they get it. And then sometimes I'm like, what? What happened? Did you switch a gapper or something? But they didn't. It's, I feel it reminds like my me of issue. Student films. It's like, oh, shoot. We forgot that lighting source. <laughs> Oops. We didn't yeah. bring enough lighting kits today. So. <laughs> I'm going to just pretend that there's light coming from over here. I'm going to grab your phone. I feel like it was yeah. shot either really fast or yeah, I, I feel like some of the things were shot very fast or they didn't leave enough time to set up some things like it felt like rushed mm-hmm. you know like I don't blame the the gaffer I just feel like some things are probably really hurried it's what it looks like lighting wise mm-hmm. yeah I feel like in the Numenor scenes my issue was less with lighting and more with the yeah it was much correction. better Mm-hmm. Yeah, the color correction was killing me, mm. especially like a lot of the outside scenes. Actually, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my goodness!" Like the like I don't know what you guys did with the saturation and vibrancy settings on y'all's ness, but. It's a bit out of this world. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they took it and they like, cause we were upset about a lot of the Elven scenes being like plastic before. Right. And now mm-hmm. they made it like, they took it from plastic and made it like hyper colorized. Yeah, like this one that I just sent. I like the lights, the lanterns, the lamps. That's the word I want in English. <laughs> it's a screenshot of the- The library. The library, yeah. Right, so like here they have that nice, wants to be natural light coming in. They did have Mm -hmm. some nice, like, I liked this overall. I mean, I still think the color correction Mm -hmm. wasn't like ideal, but it was better. And I wish that they would have been consistent. Like I do like this frame and I was like, yay, this frame works. But I would, I wish that it would be consistent across the board in the places where they are. Like sometimes I feel it's just going with this, this. And it could be because they have different units, but you should keep your units. lighting doesn't match. The, the lamps they're using, the lamps. It doesn't match, using. but it's better than the other one, is my point. 
like it doesn't mm-hmm. match the the like because I think they were trying to get that outside feeling more but and mm-hmm. you do have some illumination from the inside so I could see it doesn't quite match but at least it matches better than another thing or like how um you know how when they're in the different environments you don't you don't get to see enough contrast for skin tone I think mm-hmm. my opinion but then sometimes you really do and then I'm like, mm-hmm. what happened? And the, anyway. Yeah. Because at least you could color correct it at, afterward. If, it, if you had really dim light, what, you could at least color correct it. Sorry, I went on a rant again about lighting. I, I no, you're good. I did want to say with the sound, the other thing I really appreciated was how they carried a lot of the sounds over be- yes. between scenes. Yes, I did like that. Um, yes. I really appreciated that. Except... Oh yeah, heading into the first scene where we're with the Harfoots. I feel I felt like I didn't know where I was, which I think they they did on purpose. Mm. No, it was earlier on. Okay, it's it's um, I think it's I think they transitioned from Numenor to the Harfoots um festival before they migrate oh yeah yeah yeah. they're they're like oh you're talking about the intro intro oh yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, I got it and um it felt very dwarfish to me Mm. Mm -hmm. they had this deep timber like humming thing happening Mm -hmm. and then it slowly transitioned to actually sounding like Harfoot Perfect sounds. Sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't. I didn't understand that choice to go with that specific sound there, as opposed to making it more an intro to where we're headed, because the dwarves weren't really in this at all. And no, but I got it. If we're like just like, oh, we want to make it sound like lord of the ringsy and this is a lord of the ringsy sort of sound so we're gonna throw it in here before this party um mm. but it didn't it just didn't fit for me and it yeah i know it, what you're talking about i got lost for a second yeah um, i feel like the those changes did work a lot and i do think that the the as far as the editing of the sound it seemed much more coherent and together mm-hmm, i mean still the mm-hmm. Levels was a little bit of a problem. I think somebody in post made that choice, but um, yeah, overall, like I'm liking that they're adding more of those natural sounds as we're going. I guess it's a different, you know, it's a different location team probably. And um, we'll see how they continue. Yeah, I was like, when I was watching it, like I was like, oh wow, it's almost like they they took notes from our last episode. <laughs> because we're like please do this with sound and like oh they're starting to do it yeah made it a little bit more minimal at first so but i don't know that that doesn't make sense but yeah no i just really have had thoughts about the intro credits a lot yeah so i wanted to see what you guys' thoughts were okay um slash if you guys had feelings and then I kind of want to like yeah if... follow it up with 
Now, are you talking about like what so we in initially the, recorded or? No, 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 no. So the intro credits for the rings of power with like the sand oh, bouncing around it. and like the cgi stuff happening oh, and like i still hate it. that Ugh. i skipped it this last episode i was like thank god I, amazon lets you skip the credit scene i know i love that button so a is boring b it's already been there done that with game of thrones like do something original please i yeah i feel like it was just done before i want to see when i when i see something like credits especially if it has that kind of budget i want to see something new i want to see something interesting like you know how with the bbc pride and prejudice how they like sewed in stuff like to their credits like they had like this tapestry i love that mm-hmm, for the series mm-hmm. that was so freaking dope mm-hmm. yeah like, and i even i even googled it because i was like all right I need to do some research. I need to figure out like what, cause I would have yeah, find out more if it was like each, cause I, I know this because I'm a bit of a nerd just for things that look cool. Yes, but like, so the different designs in the sand is made from like sound waves. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I was like, okay, well, if we pulled some like different, sound waves that are super important to the storyline or a one world or another mm-hmm. or whatever and that's how we got that here like respect yeah, yeah. but there's no significance whatsoever to whatever no, at making. least and if there is please somebody correct me but um <laughs> comment below but nerdier nerds yeah, need your help from from what I researched, it seems like they were just like, oh, this looks cool and sound waves. And so we're just going to like pulse. So they one didn't actually have specific sound waves that were significant. No. And and the one thing and so like all of that, like I am not super familiar with Game of Thrones because I couldn't get into it. Um because yeah I just felt Um, like it was really disjointed and I get really really bored ADHD 101 um so I I was like I I I honestly rewound them because I was like did I miss something because like it'd be really cool if they like yeah 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 I know like if you rewind a song yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like if the if in the beginning of the credit sequence they had like an hourglass or something that just like shattered and it's more it's like this play on like the sands of time mm-hmm, and blah mm-hmm. blah 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 but it's not it's no. just science it's just oh, no. designs i mean the game of thrones intro was really good and it makes sense and they alter it slightly depending on where the storyline is because the way the game of thrones intro does goes is it shows you the different locations on the map of Westeros and specifically it's very steampunky and it shows you like the castles being created from this like it's it's really neat and it makes sense because you know you're going to it it actually shows you the areas on the map you're going to be visiting specifically within each episode Mm -hmm. and as the episode locations shift so does the intro Mm-hmm. And it's really neat. And it, it makes a lot of sense for the world that Game of Thrones is. But this 
I was just kind of disappointed. And I feel like with the CGI they used for it, because I know it was, you know, like everything, it's partially filmed, partially CGI, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. But like, felt like the CGI was almost like too much at some points where I was like, okay, now I feel like this is going to be like an intro credit option in like iMovie in a few years, you know what I mean? (laughs) Where it's just like, add your credits here and we have this cool animation for you. And it's so, the thing is, is it's so unconnected and basic. It's so untethered from the world of Tolkien Mm. that it could be a credit sequence that is an intro to something else. Well, I would yeah. agree that it's basic in the term, in the sense that it's visually simple. It's not. It's also probably one of the few TV shows I can think of that has a completely unrelated intro. <laughs> you know, even something like Law and Order. It shows in New York City, mm. where the show is shot, <laughs> like. Where the mm-hmm. show is set, it shows you different parts of New York City, different parts of like cop photos, like every show I've ever watched. And while I do prefer movies over TV, it's it's relevant. The intros are always relevant. And this is just like, what were you guys thinking? This isn't relevant in any sense. I think yeah. I think sometimes they lose the forest for the trees when they're trying to impress the audience. You look at the European films that are coming out now, right? Different, mm-hmm. totally different. You look at mm-hmm. like, you know, what's coming out in cons, what's coming out or the series that are coming out from BBC, different or others. There's definitely a different kind of focus, right? I feel that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even Nollywood, okay. They use every single bit of their budget well. Bollywood is flashy. They enjoy the glam. They enjoy the glitz, the thing. But they have coherent storylines often with their shows. And you can follow along exactly what they're trying to do. No, I'm, I'm going to compare Bollywood to Nollywood right now. Nollywood has less budgets, less time, more time restraints, and a whole host of other things to deal with. But they still manage to to tell a story that is gonna give you something. Now, of course, there's always the bad stories that everyone makes that just flop or whatever made for someone's passion project. But as a whole, I think the quality Mm -hmm. of Hollywood art, I'm not talking about the indie scene because that Mm -hmm. still has power. The quality of Hollywood art has seriously decreased over time. I'm watching Mm -hmm. films from 1920s and 19 right now <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like on a like old Hollywood adventure kind of thing and old inter- international films and I'm watching like how the progression of time has happened like in different ways they film different how they look at things and I feel like with the United States right now and that film market it's so commercialized I was talking to somebody the other day and uh they said that the person who was going to invest put their thing into an AI to try to see if it would be marketable to investors. Yeah. They put it into an AI algorithm. So they're getting so far removed from actual, I guess the actual Mm -hmm. heart of it. And it becomes more of a financial project. So when you do that, you're just looking for tropes. You're not actually thinking about story and you miss your audience. 
they 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 bragged about oh this has been seen more times in the Super Bowl. Well, who cares? Not a U.S. focused thing, people. This is an international project. Of course, it's going to be more viewed more times than the Super Bowl. Critiquing it, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hollywood has always been about money, but right now Fair. it's especially like bigger is better, more money is better. Like, just make it quick and make it simple and dumb it down as much as possible. It's like so we get as many people to see it. They're so focused on how greedy they can be. Mm. They don't care about Mm -hmm. quality. They're all about quantity. They don't... All these Marvel movies, the quality has dropped significantly quickly. Yes. With the Marvel movies. The The last good one... They were nearing DC level. uh, I'm not (laughs) even watching... The last Marvel movie I saw was, was, you know, No Way Home, Spider-Man, and that was amazing. And now it's just like, then you have the new Thor and the new Thor is just surface level entertainment. I'm like, I don't want surface level entertainment. Right. And that's what they think people want. You know, they think people want that Mm -hmm. because people don't have anything else to watch or they are not aware of what's out there in other circles. So, of course, they're going to watch it like. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they have a captive audience right now, so they don't Mm -hmm. need to put more into it. They don't care. Well, even even the, you know Most the people. Marvel. I mean, there fans are people that are... do care. I will say that. But, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of people that are you know really strong Marvel fans, and even they're like, we're getting really sick of all these Marvel movies. It just mm-hmm. it's like six mm-hmm. movies a year. Calm down and do do something three good ones. Wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. as far as movies that are coming out that I'm really looking forward to, all quiet on the Western Front. Yes, coming out next month, and I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite stories, and I really enjoyed the 1979 edition. Yes, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to this new one. Um, I know that's not the thing of our podcast, but no, but um, that's an example of something where they actually are caring. There are there are Mm -hmm. several films that they made that were very nice and tasteful, and I was like, oh, great. But I feel like for TV, it's it's been so dumbed down. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.